You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. I heard this story the other day passed on to me and it's about my niece. (laughs) You know, when you have these moments when you know that you're getting older, I don't want to say old, it's just like older. (laughs) Like I remember being a kid and looking at my parents and going like, you guys are so old. Because there was a time, my friends, there was a time when the internet did not exist. Do you remember those days? And I keep thinking back to this reel where the voiceover says something along the lines of, for those of us that were born in the 80s and 90s, aren't we glad (laughs) that we got to get up to all of our shenanigans and none of it's documented? (laughs) Yes. Like, could you imagine going to college or university with social media these days? Like, so grateful that that is not part of my experience. But I will say, I don't even know how to tackle that how to tackle like being safe online. (laughs) Like I'm going to leave that to other people who are far more qualified because I just can't even wrap my head around how to navigate that. So if you are a parent and that is part of the protocol, kudos to you, my friends, because yes, there is a lot to think through. And yes, there are some crazy people on the internet, but back to the original story. She was talking about how there's this app that she's a part of with her friends and it goes off every day at random times. And within a minute, you have to take a picture of whatever it is that you're doing. And I'm like, I can barely feel comfortable showing my face on Instagram stories. (laughs) It's like a different world, my friends, a different world. So it actually just makes me want to cocoon up even more and double down on my extreme introvertedness. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Alas, here we are. Here we are today, my friends. And I wanted to do a deep dive. And I wanted to do a podcast very specifically about how to go about setting a minimum in your flower business. And I wanted to break it down. And I actually wanted to give you three different ways that you could think about it like come at it from three different points of view, because for some of us, for some of you guys, you might actually want to sit down and do the math, right? You might want to do the fairly tedious job of really thinking it through step-by-step and trying to figure out for you and your business and your life. And you do the math and you figure it out that way. But I wanted to offer up two other perspectives that I have found to be really helpful to really give you the confidence to set a minimum in your flower business from a place of empowerment and from a place of authority. And I know in our industry and also just being a human being, (laughs) we're always looking for like the right way to do things. Like I only want to do it if I do it the right way. So I just wanted to seed the thought with you and give you the option of thinking, well, there's three right ways. 
there are three right ways that you could go about picking a minimum or figuring out what a minimum might be in your flower business. And to just make sure we're all on the same page, I wanted to take a bit of time to define how I describe or think about what a minimum is, why it's important, and then I'll go through the three different kind of frameworks or thought processes. And as always, feel free to take any of this learning, apply it to your business, and continue to make it even better. Like I remember being at these workshops with these super famous florists and looking at their websites and trying to figure out like, how did they navigate taking orders for Valentine's Day or taking orders for Mother's Day? And what did they do in terms of setting a minimum for a wedding or event? And something I don't think that's talked about very often, if ever, is there's no one right way to set a minimum in your business. People are going to come along and agree or disagree with however you do it. So (laughs) that's the beautiful thing about you being in charge of your business is you're like, yeah, I had a meeting with myself and we both approved it and this is the way that it's going to be. But we never really sit down and talk about like, what's the point of having a minimum? And Yes, there is like the functional communication to your customers about what the minimum order is that you will actually say yes to, but it actually serves a deeper purpose. And once we start to kind of deconstruct and dive into it and untangle it a little bit more, you can start to think through, okay, what is the minimum that you want to apply in your business? And I think even more importantly, what's a minimum that you want to apply right now. Because I look back over the last many years of being a business owner, and I realize like you go through so many different ebbs and cycles. And for so many of you guys, you're going to be at a different point in your business and a different point in your life and a different point in your growth where you're like, no, this is the right decision for us right now. Because as always, I will give you permission to change your mind anytime you like to. And I know for all of us, right, because we are human beings, I absolutely know we're going to be thinking, well, I need to figure out what my minimum is and then I'm never allowed to change it ever. As if we're going to like put ourselves in prison with our minimum for the rest of time, which is the byproduct of thinking that there is a right and a wrong way to set a minimum in your business. And I will always be the one to remind you. And it's so helpful. Like, I don't think we can remind ourselves and each other of this too many times. I literally think you can walk around in your business as a human being going, I get to change my mind. I get to change my mind. I get to change my mind. (laughs) And you can have that on repeat, like put it on your post-it notes, put it on your mirror, put it on your laptop, save it as the wallpaper on your phone. Because this ability that we have as human beings to change our mind is one of the most powerful resources, skills, assets, attributes that we have access to ever. The ability that you have as a fully self-sufficient grown ass adult to change your mind is remarkable. 
But on the flip side, because we are human beings, right, and our brain is programmed for efficiency, it's going to really force you to forget <laughs> that that is part of what we get to do. Like I remember a couple of years ago, my nephew originally went away to go to university and then started going through his first term. Granted, and he was in lockdown, so talk about a shitty first year of university experience. But he realized like the whole avenue that he had been pursuing was just not what he thought and it's not what he wanted to do. And I like jumped for joy when I heard that he had changed his mind. Like jumped for joy because I think changing a mind is one of the greatest experiences where it's like, oh no, either this isn't what I thought or I've just changed my mind for the sake of changing my mind. Like it's so fun. And we always forget. We always forget that we have that capacity. And when you own the business, you don't need anybody else's approval. (laughs) Like, it's so crazy how much we get ourselves wrapped up in all of this supposed to, should do, or it's always been this way, right? But it always comes back to remembering you always have a choice. And I think that is the guiding principle when it comes to thinking through a minimum in your flower business you get to set a minimum for now. And then next Tuesday, when the wind changes direction and the sun starts doing something a little bit different, you can change your mind. And then you can change your mind again. So don't feel like you have to go through this process and sit with it, stay with it, like you're committing yourself to minimum prison. (laughs) You're not putting yourself in the box for the rest of time. You're just defining some boundaries or some rules within your business for now. So that's why I wanted to go through my three different thought processes, my three different frameworks to help you set a minimum in your business, because we can come at it from so many different points of view. When it comes to what is a minimum, very functionally, I want you to think about it as what is the minimum order, the minimum request the minimum amount that you would allow a customer to pay for you to be able to deliver your service. Now that is going to be different for every single one of you, depending on the service that you provide. So if you do subscriptions, what is the minimum amount of money, like the minimum order that a customer could place through for a subscription? I would also tie into that for what is a minimum amount of time. Do you want them to be allowed to go in and change it week by week? Or do you want them to commit to a specific contract? Same thing goes if you're doing daily flower deliveries. What is the minimum order that you will allow a customer to place? And it might be through your website or by a phone call. And it might even be that you have a minimum order for a local delivery area. And then you also have a minimum order for outlying areas. So we had a minimum order for within the kind of 10 kilometer radius that was super easy for us to navigate because we had such a big delivery footprint. We then increased the minimum order for outlying areas. So you can actually sit down and start to figure out, okay, what do I want my minimum order to be for this circumference or this radius? And what do I want it to be for this? And what do I want it to be for this? You can actually build in some of these layers and some of these different nuances and in actual fact, make it quite complicated, but you can do that in your business. And I think it's something that we're always as human beings, because we'll fall into the all or nothing thinking, 
we kind of forget that there are these nuances and subtleties that we can sort through in our own businesses. When it comes to weddings and events, again, it's totally up to you. It's totally up to you to decide what is the minimum like allowable tolerance. What is the price that you're willing to get out of bed for to do a wedding or event? And it's really important to remember, you might have a flower friend that operates in a totally different city and they might have a minimum of $5,000. Don't assume that that person's minimum is the right minimum or is it even the right minimum for your business? Because the more I talk to you guys and the more I start to understand, it's like, what do you mean you get your flowers flown into you? That's fucking awesome. (laughs) And I know it comes with its own challenges, right? Because you don't get to see all the product and you're kind of ordering a little bit blind. But I'm like, should I tell you about the experience of having to get up at 3 a.m. and drive 101 kilometers and then drive back? (laughs) There's also like pros and cons of that situation. Like I literally am thinking this is just an idea. But for those of you guys that are fortunate enough to be able to go shopping at the Sydney flower market, so spoiled for choice, my friends, even on the days when you think there isn't much to choose from, the more I start to see the wholesale markets from different parts of Australia, and the more I start to visit wholesale markets from around the world, the more I'm like, yes, Barnon, the Sydney flower market is the most intimidating wholesale flower market on the planet. And I will tell you that I'll change my mind once we get to Amsterdam. But (laughs) dudes, you know how much coaching we've done around shopping at the Sydney flower market because it's so intimidating because it is like walking onto the set of Mean Girls? Yeah, not all the other flower markets are like that. I totally was like, yeah, I'm going to coach myself into like feeling like I can be confident at the Sydney flower market. No, guys, it's like, it's a thing. So give yourself a giant pat on the back every time you make it out of there unscathed. (laughs) But this whole idea of every floral designer has different logistics. Every floral designer has a different life, a different balance between family and work and just different drive and different ambition. So it doesn't necessarily mean that what works for one floral designer over there is automatically the right solution for you. So dismiss this idea that there is a right way to set a minimum or even a right minimum to have and really start to understand you just get to start somewhere and then you get to evolve and shift and change as you go through your business. And it's so easy for us to forget that. It's so easy for us to get completely swept up in the all or nothing thinking and the perfectionist fantasy and this idea of, well, I need to make sure I set my minimum. And if I'm going to have the courage to even set a minimum, then I need to do it. I need to make sure that I'm totally confident on the day that I do it. Otherwise, my entire business is going to fall on its face. None of that is true. Literally. And that's why I wanted to talk through a few different ways of setting a minimum because it actually could be something that you use that's there to drive your marketing and your sales process, as opposed to thinking that there is a right minimum for you to have in your business from a logistics or an operations point of view. But I think being able to look at this process from a few different perspectives is super duper helpful. Because I want to give you the information so that you can make the right decision for you. 
And I don't want to make it like super complicated because there's this like thing that we have to do called running a business and being human, which is hard. It's hard in and among itself. We don't need more complicated. I keep thinking like regression analysis. (laughs) But if that's your jam and you're able to set up a spreadsheet, go for it. However, I want to make sure that when we think about the math that we can do this very simply, very easily, but most importantly, you feel like you have the information at hand to make the best decision for you. And setting a minimum in your flower business isn't something that's just reserved for wedding and event designers. I think it's really easy because you'll see people who have a minimum of 10K or 2K or $500, like whatever that number is. But also remembering if you do daily flower deliveries, you also need to set a minimum. And you can set a minimum, as I suggested before, around like the circumference, if I could say that word. You can set a minimum around the delivery area. You can also have a minimum for what the order might be for a Saturday delivery or for Valentine's Day or for Mother's Day. You can have all these boundaries that you set in your business so that you can maximize logistics, operations, profitability, but just know the more minimums that you have and the more complicated and nuanced your structure is in setting minimums, if you have lots of different services within your business, the more you need to go out of your way to communicate these things to your customer. Because you might have just decided in your business, oh, well, you have a $50 minimum for a delivery. But if you haven't communicated that to your clients, then you're going to run into a few challenges. And no matter what, you're going to have to come up with the way that you want to script that on the phone and just making sure that your staff understand what the minimum is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you might be hosting a workshop coming up and you might be thinking, okay, how does a minimum apply to me if I'm doing workshops? Well, what is the minimum number of attendees that you would have in order to still put the workshop on? And this is why I love thinking through and teaching you guys some of the different ways to think about setting a minimum because it doesn't always come down to the money. I hosted a Christmas arrangement workshop once And 100% my own fault, my own responsibility, but we only had one person sign up for it. I went ahead with it anyway. (laughs) Like, did I make money? No. Did the guest have an amazing time? Yes. (laughs) Did she have incredible like value for money in terms of making that workshop happen? Yes, absolutely. But I also know that's when I really started to understand that when it comes to workshops, it's all in the marketing and the relentlessness of the marketing. Now, when it comes to thinking about how a minimum applies in your business, if you think about the primary service or services that you offer, we can then go through all three of these different perspectives, all three of these different ways of thinking so that you can come to the conclusion for what is the right minimum for you in your business. And there really is no one size fits all because you might live in an area where you are a 10 minute drive from a wholesaler, or you might live in an area where you need to order flowers three weeks in advance. You might live in an area where you can get flowers within 24 hours. They might be flown in, but maybe there's a specific freight charge. These are all different logistics that every single one of you has to navigate and understanding the cost involved in you getting flowers. Like what does it actually cost and how accessible are flowers for you? 
Is it possible if you're growing your business, is there a bunch of or a handful or one local farmer florist in the area that you could buy some discounted or wholesale flowers from? Is there a pretty decent selection at your local wholesaler? Do you grow your own ingredients? Every single business owner has different operations and different logistics to really think through. So just be mindful of the fact that there really is no one size fits all. And you're also going to have your own personal preferences. You're going to have your own desires in terms of balancing work and life and family and just other non-business work things that you just decide are important to you. And that's not something that anybody else can tell you is important to you. That's something that you get to decide for yourself. And every one of us has slightly different cost structures that we are trying to manage. And it might be like one of the major advantages of doing daily flower deliveries and offering weddings and events or doing corporates or funerals is that you don't have to be so precise in some of your orders for, let's say, a wedding, because you can use those extra stems in a daily flower delivery. So you have a little bit more leeway and flexibility in terms of what that minimum might be. But so much of that comes down to understanding nuances within your own business. And every floral designer, wherever you are in the world, has different nuances to navigate. So don't feel like you have to come up with exactly the right solution for yourself. And don't feel like the minimum that somebody else sets is exactly right for you in your business. This is like everybody gets to be independent. Everybody gets to make the decision with the information at hand. And then you get to change your mind anytime you want to in the future. So I love to think of this idea of a minimum being okay, what is the amount of money? What is the lowest tolerance that you have for a customer paying you in order for you to do the work? And I know this is one of the biggest shifts that I had to make in our business and really thinking through like, okay, if I'm going to order some of these more premium ingredients, how do I know that I'm going to get my best bang for my buck? If I'm going to be ordering Like sometimes when we're ordering boxes of Phalaenopsis orchids or anthuriums, there is a very specific number in the box, right? And when you're ordering some of these premium ingredients, it's just making sure that you've got the cost structure, the pricing and the profitability sorted to be able to carry those premium ingredients. And so what I love thinking about, like if we flip the whole story on its head and particularly If you operate in an area where it is possible, right, customers can go to the Sydney flower market because it is open to the public. I know there's quite a few markets like that in Australia, certainly. If our customers can just go in and buy, let's say, a bundle of roses, and let's say they wholesale for $100, why would they, in their right mind, this is what you're thinking to yourself, This is definitely what I used to think. If they're going to buy the bundle for $100, let's say you'll sell a single rose for $16.50, most of us are going to be convinced that our customers are going to just go up to the Sydney flower market and buy the bundle because it's, in quotes, better value. But that might not be true. 
they might totally value the convenience of just being able to come in and buy a single rose. But it's up to you as a business owner as to whether if you have a retail shop, right, are you going to allow your customers to come in and either special order? Like, do you want to allow a customer to come in and special order one quicksand rose for their 50th wedding anniversary? Now, if you're the kind of designer that uses quicksand roses in your work, it might not be a problem. If you're not, and that is considered a premium ingredient for you and your business, then you get to decide if that's something that you want to do. We don't have to automatically assume that the answer is yes, either. But it's really about understanding some of the nuances and understanding some of the costs and some of the implications about making these decisions. So let's get into talking about three different ways that you can look at a minimum and you can apply all three of these. You can apply all three of these to whatever service it is that you offer in your business. So if you do funerals, if you do corporates, if you do pop-up shops, if you do flower bars, if you do workshops, if you do daily flower deliveries, if you have a physical shop that somebody can walk into and order individual stems, if you do subscriptions, if you do weddings, if you do events, if you do wedding packages, literally every area of floristry, you can take these same principles and decide for yourself which way you want to think about it. So the first way and the most obvious way is to sit down and do the math. (laughs) Well, thanks, Kathleen, for that guidance and expertise. It's real helpful. But I don't mean just scratch a few numbers. I mean, actually sit down and do the math. And the way that I'll always recommend that you sit down and do this, and it is tedious, and you are going to want to get up and walk out of it halfway through. But I promise you, you sit down and do this math once, you will make very different decisions in your business moving forward. I want you to sit down and do the math as if you have to pay somebody else to do the whole thing. If you're doing a wedding, I want you to sit down and do the math as if you're paying somebody else to plan the recipe, somebody else to go pick up the product, somebody else to process the product, somebody else to prep the containers, to do the work, do the design and deliver the whole thing and pack it down and clean up your studio. If you sit down and do that math just once, and you start to see the actual costs involved in making a wedding happen. When it comes to you sitting down and figuring out what you want that minimum order to be, you are going to be so much more confident when you post about that on Instagram, or if you post that on your website, or you communicate that in your emails, however it is that you then communicate that to your clientele. But when we can have that information on hand, right? It's like, it's not about you doing the work and it's not about you sending your husband or sending your partner or sending your sister or sending your mom to go pick up the containers. It's like, no, you got to pay somebody a proper hourly wage to do this whole thing. You're going to outsource this whole thing to a group of freelancers. What would it actually cost you? And for me, when I finally sat down and figured this out and realized Like how much would you have to pay a person to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to go to the Sydney flower market? And what kind of expertise and relationships would they need to have in order to be able to pull some of the ingredients or find some of the substitutions? Like what are the guidelines and the rules that I'd give somebody? And like, it made me really start to appreciate the number of hours and the level of expertise that has to go into making what seems like a very simple wedding or event happen, but really starting to understand like, okay, when you know the numbers, you can make decisions from a much more empowered place. So the first method, which seems obvious, but I will tell you, do this properly. Like do this as if this is like a grade eight math assignment and you're looking for a gold star and give yourself a full 
hour to actually sit down and think about, okay, what is the process that needs to happen in order to make this wedding be delivered? And hours, expertise, not even necessarily having to think through the reality of actually making it happen and going into the panic of I need to find the people and how would I do this and how would I fill that hole? But this idea of going, this is the process that it takes to make this thing happen. And these are all of the costs associated with it. Then you can decide from there. Most of the time where we go wrong and absolutely where I went wrong was like, I don't know. I mean, the numbers in my bank account aren't really increasing, but I guess I should just say yes to everything that comes my way without truly understanding that there are some real costs associated with this, that until we wrap our head around it, until we sit down and do this process properly, and you don't have to do it a hundred times. Even if you took the last wedding that you did because it's fresh in your mind, or maybe the second last one, because you're still too tired to think about the last one that you did. You don't want to remember it because the mother-in-law was a pain in the ding dong. So go back to a recent wedding or event that you did. And actually think through for yourself. Trip to the wholesalers, processing the product, getting all the ingredients together and the recipes and sorting this out and prepping all the containers and then actually doing the packing and the delivery and taking the photos and then the actual setup on the day and just like very factually just map it out for yourself. And then decide what you want your minimum to be with all the information at hand. And again, this really is also about you understanding some of the logistical nuances in your own business. Because it's going to be very different for somebody who can just pop down the road 10 minutes and grab some product. Or if you're a farmer florist and you're thinking about doing a wedding in the abundance of summer or autumn, also, again, a different story. Because if you're a farmer florist and you're happy to cut one dahlia, (laughs) you'll have a totally different offering than those of us who need to go to the wholesaler and buy them in packs of five. So you really get to understand the nuances of your business. And I do find just sitting down once and going through the math once, like what does it take to make an order happen and then set your minimum from there. I also found as a strategic byproduct of that exercise, you really start to appreciate the value of the service that you offer. Like this is how, and I've told you guys this before, but this is how I sold myself on the value of one lily. What does it take for a customer to be able to walk in and just buy one lily or one rose? And you start to appreciate the whole service that you're offering your customers. So method number one is the very predictable, sit down and do the math. Very functional, very pragmatic. I know some of you guys would be like, yeah, okay, I'm finally going to do it. And I want you to do the math like properly, not just best guess, but give yourself a full hour to think this through and then calculate your minimum from there. Method number two, and this is actually from a concept that I learned from Holly Chapel. And this would have been, I want to say six years ago now, which in flower years is like a (laughs) hundred. But she was talking to us about really appreciating the value of the service that we offer our clients. And even then, like she was in her fifties and for how long she's been doing this work for. And she said this one sentence, which is always stuck in my head. She said, how many Saturdays are you willing to give up for your clients? How many birthday parties? How many social get togethers? How many garage sales? How many Saturday morning sleep-ins? 
And what she was talking about when she was explaining this to us that really connected with me is like, what is the opportunity cost? If you say yes to this order, right? Even something as simple as saying yes to doing, like maybe you offer one-on-one design intensives. If you offer and you say yes to this one-on-one design intensive, what are you indirectly saying no to? Or you say yes to doing a $50 flower delivery. What are you saying no to by saying yes to making that happen? Or what are your staff saying no to in order to say yes to make that happen? And this really gets into more of the emotional experience that we go through and some of the like fear of missing out and some of the having to make sacrifices and having to make compromises within your business. And this is a super personal thing because I know for me, like giving up a Saturday is not a thing. I'm like, I don't have kids to go to soccer practice with. I don't need to worry because most of my like social friends are also floral designers. So we don't see each other anyway. (laughs) But this idea of like, I didn't really care because Saturday to me is not necessarily a different day of the week, but that's Kathleen's circumstances. We also in our family, because we are working together. I didn't have a husband who was off doing a different job. He didn't have a Monday to Friday, nine to five. So it's not like, well, if I give up on a Saturday, that means I'm not going to see him. It's like, no, we work together. So we're together all of the time. (laughs) Like the biggest implication for me was like, oh, right. That yoga class that happens on Saturday, that was a good one. But again, personal preference. So Don't feel like this is a one size fits all, but I want you to decide that it's okay to be super selfish because if you're going to say yes to what might seem like a great opportunity, what are you saying no to? And what are you saying no to indirectly? And is it, because this is Kathleen's thought process, and I'm going to tell you it's totally okay if you also think this way, as a money hungry, greedy bastard. I kind of said yes to a lot of things because I loved having the incremental revenue and the safety net of the additional income, even if it meant for me the physical toll that it takes on my body. Yes, I will almost have to check myself into the hospital, but sure, I will say yes to your event. (laughs) Now, knowing what I know now, I would make some very different decisions, which is the whole point of what I teach you guys. But I just want you to know you get to decide what's right for you. Like I have heard from so many moms who are like, oh my God, poke my eyes out if I have to go watch the kids in soccer practice. I love them to bits, but don't make me go. (laughs) So this is the thing. Maybe you want to say yes to every Saturday engagement because you're like, oh, sorry, honey, can't go to soccer practice. (laughs) You get to decide and you get to decide based on your personal preferences. And you might be able to find your own happy medium. Like I will say yes to X number of weddings over the course of 52 weeks. And I know for me, like I learned the hard way. You don't say yes to weddings over the Easter weekends. This is like one of two weeks that I intentionally blocked off of my calendar and don't do weddings. If it's the Saturday of either Valentine's day, the Saturday after Valentine's day or the Saturday leading up to a Valentine's day on a Sunday or Monday. (laughs) Basically, an easier way to think about it is don't do a wedding if it's in the week before Valentine's Day or even in the couple days after. It's just a clusterfuck in having to get flowers. The other one is don't do weddings the weekend of Mother's Day because yes, I did that as well. 
Bad idea, my friends. Bad idea. Unless you can just outsource the whole thing. Might be genius. However, this is the thing is you get to decide. So when it comes to method number two, this isn't necessarily about the cost of doing the event or the delivery or offering up the product or the service. This is about thinking much more holistically. And this is about thinking like, what is the emotional sacrifice that you're making? What is the trade-off in terms of you committing or your team committing to doing this work? What's not happening because of it? And just make yourself a list and decide if you like it. Because I will tell you, I think it's so awesome if you decide you don't want to be at the kids' Saturday morning soccer practice. (laughs) It's like amazing because to be an example to your family of being able to, I don't know, hang out with them after the fact. Like you can do both and you don't have to always put yourself in such a small container in such a routine of obligation and supposed to. If the idea of being at Saturday morning soccer practice sounds like the most amazing way to spend your time, credit to you too. But both solutions are absolutely right. So method number two is really thinking about like, where are you making the sacrifices and how many sacrifices like that are you willing to make over the course of a season or over the course of a year? Again, you get to decide. It is 100% up to you because you are the business owner. Now, method number three, and this is a little bit controversial, but I'm going to suggest it anyway. Method number three is you simply pick a number and you trust your intuition. However, a giant caveat with that is I don't want you to do that from a place of graspiness. I don't want you to do that from a place of scarcity. And I don't want you to do that from a place of supposed to. This is you sit there as your future self. Your business is successful. You're making as much money as you want to be making. You close your eyes and you ask your future self, okay, what is my minimum? And in many cases, they're going to say a number, like your future self is going to say a number that's way more ambitious than your current self feels comfortable with. It's very possible. This is what I love thinking about. Okay, your dream wedding is a 20K budget. Ask your future self. Your business is at its most thriving, successful point. Your calendar is packed with 20, 30, 40K weddings. What does that version of you tell yourself of today? And for me, I was like, oh, this is fun because my future self said, if I was going to be in a position and I chose to run a business where I wanted to work on $20,000 weddings, my future self says, then set a minimum of (laughs) $20,000. Like, oh my gosh, this is so good. So method number three, and this is really, remember, do not do this exercise from a place of scarcity, from a place of graspiness, insufficiency. I'm not good enough. I'm new. Like none of that. If you're going to go with method number three, I want you to really channel your future self. And I want you to go to that place, close your eyes where your business is successful. People are clanging down the door to work with you. What does that version say about what your minimum order should be? and allow it to be ballsy, my friends. So that's three different ways to think about how to set a minimum in your flower business. And again, you can do this with subscriptions, workshops, you can do this with daily flower deliveries, you can do this with wedding packages, you can do this with big weddings, small weddings, events, corporates, funerals, you name it. But remember, 
setting a minimum in your business is super personal because this is where you get to set the rules, like your business, your rules, your business, your minimum. And there really is no right or wrong. Like there truly is no right minimum and wrong minimum. There's only the minimum that you make right, right now, because you can change your mind anytime you want to. And this is the beautiful thing about being a floral designer. And I know for many other business owners, they'll say, yeah, word of mouth is really important. And I'll be like, well, I don't know, as the total outsider who didn't know anybody in the area, had a totally foreign accent, hadn't grown up in the floral design industry, I'm just going to also offer up to you that you can be the total outsider and build your business from the thought process, from the mindset of there's always another customer coming tomorrow. New day, new clientele. And that is exactly how we built our business, which means if it's a new day and there's new clientele and they've never been to your website before, they haven't yet in, like interrogated your Instagram, that means you can change your minimum any time you want to. So as your business changes, as your personal preference change, you get to change your mind. Like you can go in there this afternoon and change that $500 minimum to a $5,000 minimum just to see what happens. The other thing to remember is just because you have a minimum doesn't mean that you have to never break your own rules. Like that's the beautiful thing about being the CEO is like, you don't need somebody else's permission to be like, yeah, well, I mean, there's this amazing opportunity is working with this beautiful photographer and she doesn't care about what flowers we use. And she has a $2,000 budget and she's so reasonable and understanding about what she can get delivered, even if our minimum is 2,500 or 5,000. Like you're allowed to break your own rules. This is why I love thinking about the concept of the minimum doesn't have to be a hard and fast Never, ever, ever are we going to break the rule. I will tell you to have some very clear guidelines for yourself that you can then communicate to your team about these are the exceptions to the rule because it will help take some of the emotional scarcity graspiness out of our decision making. But this idea of allowing your price, allowing your minimum to be a price anchor. Like if we bring that concept into our communication with our clientele, this is particularly helpful if you do weddings and events, because if we go back to that idea of your dream is to work with $20,000 brides, then set a minimum of $20,000 and see what happens. And I love this exercise. I love this idea of going, okay, how do I need to show up in my business if I have a minimum of $20,000? We will show up very differently for ourselves and for our businesses and for our clients when we set some of these very ambitious guidelines for ourselves. And also remember, like you can use this just as a thought experiment. You could sit down and think about how would I show up differently if I had a minimum of $10,000, $20,000? How would you show up differently as a business owner? Or if you're doing weekly corporates, let's say your minimum for delivery and install is $5,000. You will show up as a better version of yourself when you set yourself some of these higher benchmarks. Or let's say you do daily flower deliveries and let's say your minimum for a delivery is $250. What are some of the stories that come up for you when you think about that? 
right? If you just played pretend for a minute and you thought, okay, just going to my website, everything is going to increase in price and I'm going to have a minimum delivery of $250 plus delivery. What are all of the fears and hesitations that you have? And this work is so powerful because those fears and hesitations are there. Even if you don't have a minimum, you're just unconscious of it. This is why I love this work so much because the discomfort that we feel of going, okay, I'm going to have $250 is my minimum order value on my website. Absolutely. Our brain is going to go crazy with nobody's going to order for me. I'm going to lose all my business. All of the competitors are going to get my customers. Nobody's ever going to want to work with me. I'm going to die broke, poor, homeless. <laughs> like that's where all of our brains are going to go. Yeah, that's a given. Like, welcome to being human. But if we actually thought about it and you sat in that space of you having the business that you wanted to have, and it's as thriving and successful and lovely as however you want to envision it, and your minimum order is $250, show up as a totally different version of yourself. And it's so fun. It's so fun because that is accessible to you right now. Like you don't need to wait for that version of your business to be given to you. You get to create that in your business. And this is some of the kind of work and the concepts that I teach you guys inside of the Flower Boss Bootcamp. And I thought it'd be so fun to apply it to a task like setting a minimum, right? If you take the concept of your future self and you apply it to setting a minimum. So good, my friends. So don't forget, if you want to take this work deeper, if you want to get some guidance and insight in mapping this out in your business, just come join us inside of the Flower Boss Bootcamp. Be surrounded by a bunch of flower bosses as we kick some ass. I hope that this has been helpful, my friends. Pick your method, do the work, implement it in your business. You will forever be grateful. And don't forget, you can change your mind any dang time you want to. Have the most amazing week. Drive safe, get some sleep, drink some water, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now.